Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Well, happy Thursday, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. He is Jonathan Casillas. I am John Schmelk. The phone number for you is 201-939-4513. Hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter if you want to get in touch with us that way. You certainly can. And I was all ready to start the show today and say, Jonathan, what do you think about Geno Smith? How about that? Kenneth Walker the third. How about him? This is going to be a tough game. And... Then at around 1229, uh, we have a internet report, and it's being reported right now, and I believe um, Jordan Schultz was first with this, that the Giants have traded Kadarius Toney to the Kansas City Chiefs for a conditional third-round pick and a sixth-round pick. Now, as of this recording, I do not know what conditional third-round pick means. <laughs> Can it be better than a third can it get worse than a third what are the conditions of the pick i don't know um and again we are not confirming this trade is done either again we're just going off the reports that you know again schultz made first and then other people have have confirmed it and, and went on with that if we can confirm it at some point during the show we certainly can uh jc just curious to know your take on this you have, I, the, you have the floor look i think it's a win you know when especially if if I don't know exactly what conditional means, you know, but you get a good pick in the draft, two good picks in the draft, you know, let's let's see what happens. Um, you know, he wasn't productive here. You know, he didn't really produce. He didn't live up to his potential. And you know, I, I was trying to figure out every week, is he going to be a contributor? You know, how what is his health like? Is he on an injury report? Has he practiced? And, you know, the, the guy is a tremendous talent. And, you know, from what it looked like, you know, it wasn't really – like he was upset here, but maybe he just wasn't happy. Maybe he wasn't upset, but he wasn't happy here. And 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 the Giants probably weren't happy with him and his production and his availability. And, you know, they moved him for some picks, so they got compensation. And the Chiefs got a very explosive playmaker if he can stay healthy. Yeah. And I again we don't know again what those conditions are. But I I do wonder, Jonathan, do you think this may point to a larger approach from Joe Shane with the trade deadline coming up next week that maybe they're still taking more of a long-term look at this 
rather than a short term. We need to get better right now and prove the team. You know, because this is, you know, they could have traded Tony and gotten a player back, right, to help him now. Or, you know, they could maybe trade picks to bring in a player. But this is a future type move, yep. right? Yep. So do you think that indicates a larger strategy or do you think this is just specific to this player and, and, and his current situation? No, I think I think you got to look forward, you know, when you make a move, especially when it's like, is it the Giants' time right now or is it the Giants' time next year or the year after? And I think the the latter is the truth. You know, I don't know if it's the time right now for the Giants. Yes, the Giants have had the best record since 2008. Yes, the Giants are doing very well. Yes, we've seen the the best Daniel Jones that we've ever seen in his career. Yes, Saquon is revitalized and the defense is doing a lot better. But is it our time right now, this year? I don't know, and I don't know if Joe Shane knows that. But what he does know is that he's safe. They've all safe. The Giants are good for this year, and you can actually look towards the future. And I don't think the past regimes that were here before uh, Dayball and Shane had that luxury, you know, that you can look forward to the next year coming and maybe the year after that and get some draft picks that you can actually develop and move forward and have guys that you draft that actually produce for you, that you draft, not somebody else drafts. No question about it. All right, 201-939-4513, 201-939-4513. We'll get to the Seahawks, but I know people want to talk about the Tony move, so I guess, Pearson, if we get Tony calls, we'll take him and we'll do him. So let's go to Donnie in Queens. He'll lead us off today. Donnie, what's going on? Hey, uh, I was planning on calling today, but not <laughs> about Kadarius Tony. but I guess we'll, we'll get to that. Um, and, you know, I, I think... Sometimes it just feels like a team and a player aren't right for each other. And this was a, a situation where, I, as a Giants fan, I never felt that he was going to get going here. So I like the value. We'll, we'll see what the conditions are on that third-round pick. And if you guys mentioned this, I'm sorry. But I think it also does set them up to maybe get in the market for a guy in a rookie deal like Judy or, or maybe Claypool, someone that can come in and help them now that maybe – fits the design of the offense a little more for what they're looking for. So I also, I think I called you guys during the season that this team does need more draft picks. And so I like always getting more. So I'm very happy with the move. I think it's a forward thinking move. Uh, And I think it also puts the the locker room a little bit on notice that this is what the expectations are here. And it doesn't seem like Tony was meeting them. And if that's going to be the case, they're going to ship you on out of here. So, Hey, I was, let's go Giants. It's a big one Sunday. If they have any intentions on winning this division, they got to pull this one out. And I'll hang up and listen to your thoughts. Appreciate the call, Donnie. Thanks so much. And, yeah, look, I, I mean, I don't know how much it necessarily – and let me look at this up right now. I'm curious to see what his cap number is this year, um, Tony, in terms of his base salary. Um, yeah, so the only trim – his base salary, John, is 1.28. He's already played, what, six games this year. So, or seven games of take that of 18, that's about 30%. You're probably only saving a little less than a million dollars on in terms of cap space. So, so that's not gonna that's not gonna help you. Actually, in fact, I take that back because all the signing bonus gets moved up, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I wonder if they had to actually if they're gonna have to do something else with the cap in order to even execute this trade because all that signing bonus will get moved up in the contract. That's interesting. It could be too that the Chiefs maybe are taking on some. I don't know. I'll, I'll be curious to see. 
the details on this when they get announced because there are some different layers yeah. to this. I even think. even though every move when you do transaction has to do with money, I don't think this was a money move. I no. think it was a culture move. Correct. I think it was just, hey, look, you don't really fit what we're doing. You know, it looks like you're not happy here. You know, let's just part ways and everybody, you know, wins. Because at the end of the day, the guy's going over to Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes. Like, they're going to give him the ball, especially if he's active, He's if he's healthy. They're going to find a way to get that guy the ball. You know, they have a lot different offense than the Giants run, and they're a little more explosive. They have a more capable thrower of the football in, in Patrick Mahomes. And by the way, you could say that about <clears throat> Patrick Mahomes and pretty much any and he, other quarterback right, in the right. league. He's not like, named Josh he's Allen. He's top tier. You know, Correct. he's yes. top one two. or two and probably not two. Right? He's, <laughs> he's legit. You Correct. know, yes. he's, he's, he's that guy, you know, and he's took over the league for the last three to four years, and anytime you know he suits up, they have a chance of winning the AFC, let alone the Super Bowl. And you put him, Kadarius Tony, if he is the guy that the Giants drafted, if he can still be that guy, then the Chiefs got a lot better too. And by the way, he only has to be a gadget guy for them. You know, right. they don't need him to be like they their have receivers ex. that are making plays right now. Correct. Yep. Juju Smith Schuster, uh, the fast kid, Nicole Hardman, seventeen. Yep. Mm-hmm. Man, he's he's tremendously fast. Maybe not cheetah fast, but right under, right underneath him. Valdez Scantling and obviously yep. Travis Kelsey yep. still there. Of course, I mean, Kelsey, right, best tight end in the league, hands down. Yeah. So look, ho- ho- hopefully for KT, it works out for him out there. And you know, obviously for the Giants, it's disappointing. He was a first round pick. Yeah. But look, if you if you can recoup a, a third round pick, which is a valuable day two pick out of it, given what's happened and where you're at frankly that's if you would have asked me if they did pull off a trade like this if they would have been able to get a third round pick out of it i probably would have said no right to be I, quite honest with i you. think the giants did well you yeah. know you got somebody that really wasn't doing anything for you i mean we had talked about this last week and we kind of said right that you're probably looking at a day three pick if you're gonna move yep. it now so and yep. I, look and i realize the chiefs are gonna pick at the end of the third round i get that right. and we don't know what the conditions are but given what's happened the last year and a half with his injuries and all that stuff I think it's a it's disappointing you had to do this because he was a first round pick, but given the situation, I think they did okay. Yeah. I like like if he doesn't take it personal, you know, and, and some people do. I got traded, you know, a couple this, times, this right? Situation just yeah. once, just once. I was only traded once. It was Bucks Patriots, I was yeah, the only trade. Bucks Patriots. Okay. And and that situation was was I don't know exactly the details of Kadarius Tony not playing, you know, and mm-hmm. not not playing well when he did play or not, you know, getting plays, you know, targets thrown to him. But when I had, I had a situation when I was in Tampa, my second year, it was underneath the Lovey Smith uh, coaching uh, uh, regime. Yeah. Uh, first, it was with Greg Schiano my first year and the second year was with Lovey Smith and me and Hardy Nickerson, uh, Hall of Fame linebacker. He was my linebacker coach. And me and him had it out, you know, like oh, did you really? one of the first few days. And and since then, it was like he didn't coach me. Like he kind of just it, like Levante David was their tremendous, you know, talent. Mason Foster were there. And I was the other linebacker, literally the other linebacker. That's what he treated me like. And it's like he would coach them and wouldn't even say nothing to me. And and then one game I was I, had, I got hurt. Uh, I had missed the game. I asked Lovey. I said, hey, you know, what are we doing after the bye week? Oh, we're, we're suiting you up for Baltimore. It was the Ravens that we were playing. We're going to suit you up. Oh, okay, cool. All right. Baltimore comes around. I'm not even on the depth chart. And then I talked to Lovey. He's like, oh, well, we really didn't have any plans of of playing you because, you know, hamstrings take a little longer to heal, blah, 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 blah. And then I sat there and <laughs> I sat there and watched uh, um, uh, the quarterback for Baltimore that won the Super Bowl. 
Oh, Flacco. Flacco throw four touchdowns in the first quarter, and I'm sitting there watching the game, and I said, you know what? I don't think I want to be here anymore. I think I need to go. And then I got traded like three days later to the New England Patriots. And, you know, I had a beef with the coach. You know, I mean, look, he's a man. I'm a man. He didn't play me. He didn't coach me. I didn't have any personal beef with him, but clearly he had a personal beef with me. And then when I left, it was all business. I didn't, I didn't, I, I practiced hard still before I left. You know, I played hard. And, you know, Lovey Smith still has respect for me. I still got respect for him. And even Leslie Frazier, he was a defensive coordinator. You know, we kind of like parted ways like, hey, guy, like, sorry, didn't work out. And I left and I treat it like business. If Tony can treat it like business and just be like, hey, you know, I'm in a better situation, quote unquote, better situation for me. I can play here and blah, 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 blah. Then he'll have some success because the Giants, that's a business move straight up. Organizations, most of them, 90% of the time it's business, right? Just hopefully the player doesn't take it personal so he can go on and have success elsewhere. All right, a couple quotes. I guess Brian Dable did a little bit of a drive-by with the media out to practice today. Some things from uh, our buddy Paul Dettino. Uh, Dable and Tony Trey thought it was best for the team. Wish him well. And his answer was, we'll see about the possibility of maybe adding a wide receiver uh, down the road. Gawade not working today remains day-to-day. So I'll keep an eye on the beat, guys, as we track this here, um, if we get any more quotes about uh, the Kadarius Tony Trey. In the meantime, back to the calls, 201-939-4513. Let's go to Monty in Virginia. He's up next. Hey, Monty. Yes, hello. How are you guys doing? Hello. How are you? How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good, thank you. So uh, definitely, I am surprised about Kadarius Tony being moved, but I'm not at the same time because um, he was an explosive player, and I did kind of like him, and I wanted to see him succeed with us. But you know, wish him all the best in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes. Um, now, I wanted to touch on two topics, um, and then I'll let you guys go. Um, what I just want to know what your opinions would be on if we'd be able to catch the Eagles in the NFC East race, I mean, I definitely didn't expect our division to be this strong considering where we've been over the last few years. And now, especially with the Eagles getting Roquan Smith, they're even stronger than they were, you know, before their bye week. And no, 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 wait, they they, 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 the Eagles, Eagles didn't get Roquan Smith. They got Robert Quinn. Yeah. Oh, Robert Quinn. Robert. Yes. Qu- oh, okay. 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 I read that wrong. Okay. That's my okay. Yeah. I think Roquan Smith was emotional but, about Robert Quinn leaving. Correct. Yes. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, that means I just read it and just thought Roquan Smith because I saw the letter R and, uh, and Bears. No, <laughs> so, I got gotcha. you. No, no worries. Oh, oh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and then, um, of course, we still want to take everything week by week like we have been doing, and I love it. But, of course, you know, not being in the playoffs for so long, you're going to start thinking, okay, what are we going to do if we get there? So what do you guys think would be the biggest difference between us being a one and done in the playoffs and making a deep playoff run. Me personally, I'm thinking it might be the receiving core, but I just kind of want to get your uh, opinions, and this is not discounting our receivers. They've been playing great, stepping up when they need to with all the injuries that we've had. But I just want to know your guys' opinions on it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Monty. Look, you're one game behind Philadelphia, so can you catch them to win the division? Oh, yeah, why not? Sure you can. Is it going to be really tough because Eagles are damn good? Yeah, and by the way, Eagles didn't have enough pass rushers. They really needed another guy <laughs> in Robert that, Quinn. Like, seriously, I dude? Like, no, oh, my god! Like, come on. <laughs> I mean, give me a damn break, will you? Holy well, cow. Well, look, they're, they're in to win it. They're making – they made a lot of moves this offseason. Yeah. You know, they got Bradbury over there, and then, you know, him and Slate. A.J. Brown. Oh, man. Yeah, like, all those guys. They're making really good moves, you know. and and But the good thing about – you know, it's, it's like a, the good and the bad about having two – 
really solid teams in your division, which you got to say the Eagles are, if not the best team in the NFC, and then the Cowboys, who probably, you know, you could argue the Giants, Cowboys, second, third in the NFC, right? We talking about strictly record wise. Mm-hmm. They're in the division. We got to play Dallas again, and we get to play Philly twice. So the Giants control their own destiny. It is in the Giants' hands. Now, is no it question. an easy path? Absolutely not. But the Giants control the destiny. The Giants can beat the Eagles twice and move in front of the Eagles. Like, that is a possibility. Now, the likeliness of that happening is very, very, very low, given that the Eagles are legit. They are a legit team. There are no flaws when you look throughout the whole roster and the whole team. And they are deep. And they just brought in another pass rusher who had what, 18 sacks last year. And early in his career, he's probably if he didn't have such a rocky up-and-down career, he probably could have won MVP one of those years because the guy is putting up double-digit sack numbers. And he has a possibility of getting over 20 because he almost did it, I think, twice in his career. Yeah. And they add him to the roster. So, look, the Giants have an up-here battle when you look down the road at the NFC games. The, the Cowboys are solid. The Commanders are better. And the Eagles are the best team in the NFC, I think, hands down. But the Giants control their destiny. Mm-hmm. And it's going to come up in a few weeks if the Giants can actually make a push because he's gonna, they're going to play playoff contending teams. And I think one is this weekend yeah. with the Seattle Seahawks. And the difference, he said, between the Giants being a one-and-done and the Giants you know, maybe winning a playoff game or winning a couple playoff games and making a run, you know, I think the, you know, the, the offense being more explosive has something to do with it. I'm going to throw this out too, Jonathan. This defense is not trending in the right direction right now. Yep, I agree. They gave up 400 yards to Baltimore, and if Baltimore doesn't commit an illegal formation penalty on a quarterback sneak, they pulled on and probably win that game. And then the Jaguars lit them up for 450 last week. A lot of of rushing yards too, and and that's a very alarming number to me when they're giving up six yards uh uh-huh. carry. Especially when you get to December and January in the playoffs. Like if you got to play Dallas in the first round, you got to play – why don't you got to play the 49ers and Christian McCaffrey and I mean, Kyle Shanahan Kenneth in the first Walker round? Kenneth Walker just had 170 the other night, and right. he looks tremendous. Dude, how good does Kenneth Walker He the looks third really good. Holy I've been cow. watching this guy. I'm like, oh, man. No, he's good. Oh, man. Because he, he – let me tell you something. If you give up 170 rushing yards to one guy, you're going to lose. <laughs> What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year – elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Like, if the quarterback is capable, and this is the thing, let's switch our focus to Seahawks a little bit. We haven't even talked about him quite yeah, go ahead. yet, right? Geno Smith is legit. He's oh, completing he's... 70-something percent of his passes. Jonathan, I sat here this week for two days, and I tried to find how, why it's fake or how it's fake or why this mm-hmm. isn't real and why it's going to stop. I mm-hmm. couldn't find anything. Like, mm-hmm. I dug into 
average time to throw, like, adjusted completion percentage, the opponents they're playing, like, everything checks out. Like, yep. this This looks real. And he has weapons. He has weapons. So we'll see about DK Metcalf this week. Right, right. right. Okay, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not, I don't ever want to wish injury upon nobody, but... Without that, without him, they're a little bit. They are different for sure. Mm -hmm. But I'm gonna give my props to Gino. He was my former teammate here in the New York Giants, and he got a lot of criticism when he was in New York, uh, for the Jets. And then the one game that Eli got benched, you remember who played? It was Gino. Which, by the way, to Gino's credit, he actually handled that as well as you possibly. He's can. a consummate. Pro. He was a pro. He's a professional. He really I watched him in this building. Me and him had a, a little relationship, given that. You know, hey, what's up, bro? You know, you know, just little conversations. And, man, the guy worked. He prepared. He prepared like he was a starter. So, for me, it's not a big surprise because I've worked with him and I've seen his body of work. He just hasn't really had the opportunity to be successful, I feel like. And now that he has the opportunity and maybe all of the – he didn't have all of the, you know, the, the tools, but he's making the best of it. Like, he's fourth in QBR in the league. He has, I think, 11 inter touchdowns versus three interceptions, mm -hmm. right? And he's like a he's like a 500 touchdown uh, interception guy in his career. Right. He, I might even have more interceptions than touchdowns in his career. And he's played for a while. Gino's way, not a young guy. And he's throwing it down the field. He's not dumping it down. Like he's, he's got a high average depth of target. He's one of the better quarterbacks in the league, statistically wise. He's protecting the football, and that is—he's the main reason why they have success right now. Bless you. That and the mm -hmm. running back. I mean, like you said, he's been fantastic. And you know, there's a there's an advanced stat called DVOA, John. You don't need to know the details. Basically, it measures offensive efficiency, the yards you gain based on down and distance. So they try to throw out garbage yards. Like if you gain 12 yards on a third and 18, who cares? So yeah. the stats designed to kind of throw those plays out. You throw garbage time out okay. to try to get a real idea of who the most offensive offense, most efficient offenses in the league are. Makes sense. Seahawks are third. Yep. Behind the Chiefs and sense. the Bills. Yep. Like. It's legit. It's real. Yep. And, like, Tyler Lockett's really good. Uh, they have Noah Fant and Will Disley, two pretty good tight ends. And the, the job the Seahawks did, and I know we got a couple more calls. We're going to get to you. The job the Seahawks did in the draft this year, Jonathan, holy man. Yep. Second round, Kenneth Walker. Mm -hmm. Their two starting Everybody's quarterbacks well for them. are rookies. Yep. If I told you before a season that a team's going to come in, their two starting corners are rookies, and their two starting offensive tackles are rookies— you would say, that's probably going to be a long year. Yeah, for sure. 100%. But they've all played well. Yep. Like, they've been good. It, 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 like, you go back to their, like, Legion of Boom drafts when they drafted, yep. like, Cam Chancellor in the fifth round, Richard yeah, yeah. Sherman in the fourth round. You almost get the feel that that's what last year's draft was for the Seahawks, right? Yep. And now, just like they kind of found Russell Wilson in the third round from yep. Wisconsin, oh, here comes Geno Smith out of nowhere. It's just weird, and give that coaching staff and Pete I'll, Carroll a that lot was, of I was just about to say, Pete Carroll, you know, he's been the guy that's been consistently there. Mm -hmm. Legion of Boom is gone. Russell's gone. Seattle's supposed to be in the dumps. Dude, Seattle wasn't supposed to win games this year. Before the year, I talked about the three or four teams that I thought would be competing for the top pick in the draft. Seattle was one of yep. them, and I was dead wrong. Yeah, dead wrong. And look, you know, kudos to them, you know, and, and honestly, I think put some respect on Pete Carroll's name. You know, I think... You know, the whole let Russell cook thing. You know, I think he was, I don't say protecting Russell, but I think it was Pete Carroll that made sure Russell looked like the superstar 
that I wouldn't say he is because he I don't was, know if he is. He was putting Russ. I don't in the, know if he's the superstar that we thought he was. He was putting him in the best position to succeed, and maybe Russ wasn't a head chef. Maybe he was just a sous chef. Right, which is fine. Which is okay. But give the credit where it's due. 100%. <laughs> No, I'm with you, dude, 100%. 201-939-4513, and this is going to be like going back to the original point. Big, biggest, I will say, challenge so far this season for the Giants' defense, which, by the way, sounds bat, you know what, crazy. Yeah. They played Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, Ryan Tannehill, Trevor Lawrence. This right here, Seahawks, best offense. And look, maybe without DK Metcalf, it'll be a little bit different, and I'll end up being wrong about this. But in terms of their performance as a group so far this year, this is the best offense the Giants have faced. This, this might be the best team that the Giants played. Okay, maybe not the Cowboys, but up there. Yeah. Up there, mm-hmm. for sure. They're solid. No, they're good. They're solid. They're and good. It, more, the more I watch on them, the better they look. Be honest. Geno looks fl- like. He's accurate. I think the last pick was a tip, too. Like the, he, the receiver could have caught the ball. I know. It'll be fun to watch. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. Don't forget, folks, to go subscribe to the Giants Huddle Podcast. Uh, the podcast features a rapid reaction right after each game with one of our analysts. Then we have an episode midweek featuring someone that covers the NFL this week, former Jets quarterback Mark Sanchez, who will be calling the game for Fox Sports. He was on the Giants Huddle Podcast. And then we have our game preview featuring a long-form interview with the current Giants player every Friday. This week will be Giants quarterback Daniel Jones, an exclusive sit-down with Bob Papa and head coach Brian Dable, and an opponent preview of that week's opponent this week, the Seahawks, obviously, with Lance Meadow and Paul Dottino. Search for the Giants Huddle Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or listen on the Giants app or Giants.com slash podcast. All right, let's get back to the calls and continue moving forward here. Let's go to uh, Jesse in Connecticut next, Pearson. Line three. Jesse, what's going on? Hey, guys. How you guys doing today? What's up, Jesse? Uh, well, I guess uh, we all figured that the Kadarius Tony thing was was a lot worse than what it was originally. Because I remember when um, Shane took over and Dable came in, there was some talk about him possibly getting traded. And I think at that point we, you know, they knew that he was probably, you know, on the way out. But they just didn't know what they were going to get back for compensation. Well, Jesse, my my but, thought would be at that point, if again, if they were actually looking to trade him at that point, that's what the reports say. I'm not, I don't know if they were or not. At that point, after one season, you're still looking to recoup like a late one, a two, something like that. And if they couldn't, they figure out right, let let's give him a shot here. Let's see how it works. And then it didn't. So that's probably why now yeah. they decided to pull the trigger. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of it has to do, too, with his personality. I remember when Dave Gettleman drafted Jones, and he caught a lot of flack for that. And uh, he-, he specifically said it takes a certain kind of player, even well, a quarterback at that point, to, to play in New York. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's any different for the uh, receiver position, too, because they get a lot of attention Jesse, from the if, media. and what- If KT would have produced, he would have been fine. That's true. If he was on the field and he played well, personality be damned. He wouldn't have done anything to rock the boat, really. He wouldn't have. Honestly, if he he performed, he would have been fine. But he couldn't get on the field with all his injuries, man. The the two abilities that that mean the most is availability and accountability. And I don't think he showed neither one of those his entire career here in New York. Certainly not the availability. Which is not long, but (laughs) he didn't do it. And that's oh, your, no, I agree with you guys. Your quickest way well, out of the my, league is not doing those two things. It's not being healthy, for right. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my, my last point is, uh, uh, after I make you – I'll hang up. You guys could uh, tell me what you think. I um, I think we all, the, you know, had the idea that KT was going to come back at some point this year and at least help the offense out. 
you know, and we're definitely in need of a receiver at this point. So don't they kind of owe it to Daniel if this is going to be his last year? We don't know what's going to happen with him going forward, but don't you think the organization owes Daniel the best shot he can this year? I mean, they're going to have to get another receiver in here. I don't know if it's going to – you know, I heard a few names pop up, even if it's not Judy from Denver. Why can't we get like a K.J. Handler or somebody like that for maybe a fifth, fourth-round draft pick just to give Daniel the best chance? I mean, you're, we're not guaranteed to be back in this situation next year at 6-1. and one. Oh, that's true, too. I mean – we we gotta do what we can this year. I mean, the team is playing way above their their uh, their stock right now. I mean, we we should at least give this guy the best chance he can to go out there and see what he can do. And if he gets us to the playoffs and we win a game, we know that's our guy. You know, we're gonna have to build around him. But they, for them to not try to get him any weapon from now until the you know we only have what one week left before the trade deadline. They're going to yep. have to make. If we win in if we win in Seattle on Sunday, we get back in New York. They they have to acquire another weapon for Daniel. I feel we owe him that much as a quarterback. Hey, He's been through a lot this year. <laughs> okay, I look. I, I told you, Jesse. I hear what you're saying. Thanks for the call. You see me shaking I, my head over here. <laughs> I don't like using the word "oh." This first of all, this organization is not. This regime is not the, the regime that drafted him. They don't owe Daniel Jones anything. They owe they owe it to ownership to do the best thing long term right. for the franchise. One hundred percent. That's who they owe, and the fans, by the way, not and ownership, the fans. Then, then right. the fans. Yeah, and and I truly agree with that. Look, they they owe the region. <laughs> they owe the region good seasons, and they've they've done that so far. And they're gonna do their moves according to the success of this team. Yes, for this year, but also for the future. That's what the move for with Kadarius Tony was. It's not just for now; it's also for the future, right? Helping now get you know I would say get rid, but move someone that wasn't producing here, and then get stock in the future. So I think it's a win-win for this year and next year, right? You can open up some roster space for possibly like Dave all said another receiver, which I said a, a week or two ago that they're not bringing anybody else. The reason why because they did have Kadarius Tony. And Galladay. But now they got rid of him, so now I was like, okay, that opens up the door for possibly somebody else to come in. Who is it going to be? Or if it's going to be somebody? Because, look, the Giants have guys on the roster right now that are capable. Are they doing it? No, but they're capable. Galladay was once a good receiver. One time. He was. And he was healthy, and he was playing good football. Slayton, for us, the deep threat for the Giants was Slayton. Right? He showed signs of that the last two weeks. Right now we have a guy who drafted in the second round, the kid from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. He's One healthy no. now, mm-hmm. and he looks like what Kadarius Tony could have been for the Giants. That's what he looks like. So the Giants have tools here. They don't have maybe the best receiver in the NFC East, but they have a good group of guys that just need to produce. They need to stay healthy. They need to produce. A big loss for the Giants was Bellinger. That is a huge loss. The, the rookie, the kid, he's been playing lights out. He had a couple touchdowns on the year. He's been blocking. He's been doing it. A traditional tight end, hard-nosed tight end. He's going to block, and he can do things in the passing game. And it's a huge loss losing him. So let's see who else steps up You know, for him because we need guys all over the field to step up because there has been a rash of injuries, which the Giants need to address, and guys need to step up and play big. All right, so the Chiefs are on a bye this week. 
So that gives him a little time to kind of get, get Tony into the mm -hmm. program. And Art Stapleton reported, and Tom Pelissaro did uh, more reporting on it, uh, that it is not a conditional third-round pick. It's the compensatory third-round pick that the Chiefs got for Ryan Poles going to the Bears to become their general manager in the you know minority, you know trying to promote more minorities yes. to big spots so you get the extra pick. So it'll be a pick right at the end of that third round then that the Giants are okay. getting, and it's not conditional. So they're getting a third and a sixth this year. Okay. Again, according to reports, we're not confirming this trade right, has right, happened. Right. The Giants haven't confirmed it. This is according to reports, but that appears to be what the return is. I can't argue with the third but and a sixth. But better than you thought. Better last than, week, hey, look, right? Fans called in, and I said, I think you're getting a, a, a day three pick. Right, So, right. third and a six. That's pretty good. It's two picks. It's better than I thought it was going to be last <laughs> yeah, week. for sure. If it happened, 201-939-4513. Hey, Giant fans, the official connected TV streaming app for the Giants is called Giants TV. It brings original video content and game highlights on demand and direct to big blue fans. Giants TV is free on Apple TV, Roku, and Amazon Fire TV, and the Giants mobile app. Tim and Charleston's up next. Hey, Tim. Hey John, JC, good to talk to you again. What up? So uh, I thought I thought I was calling with two quick points in and out in ninety seconds, but a whole can of worms has opened up, <laughs> and I want to just pick out a few real quick before I get to my original points. Sure. First thing on the Tony thing, I'm perfectly okay with it, and I was going to say as long as the conditional pick isn't more, doesn't drop lower than a compensatory pick, I'm happy. And it turns out that if that's it, then that's great. The only thing is. I just, you know, I'm glad that he's going to the other conference so that when he has a miraculous, uh, you know, Our Lady of Lords healing and, and becomes starts putting up big numbers, he's not in our conference, and we don't have to play him except every four years, and God willing, if we get to the Super Bowl. So that being said, one other quick comment on the Eagles. I'm, I am not thinking about catching the Eagles. Yeah, statistically, numerically, it's possible, but... The Eagles only have like three games left against teams that might beat them. And we're one of them when they come to our house. The Cowboys on the road, maybe the Titans, but that's a home game for them. I'm looking at them going 14 and 3, oh, 13 and 2. Tim, so, I'm looking at it real quick. You know, Here, hold on. I want to be sure the fans have it. Here's the Eagles' remaining opponents Steelers, Texans, Commanders, Colts. Packers, I'm making faces, and that's why Jonathan's laughing. Okay, Titans. Titans isn't an easy win. Titans are a good team. Then the Giants, the Bears, uh, then the Cowboys. Okay, tough. And the Saints. Who knows what the Saints are going to be on January 1st? They could be a tough out. And then uh, and then the Giants again. But, yeah, Tim, you're right. That is uh, there's there, there aren't a lot of danger areas on that schedule for them. Right. So, so I just wanted to so, – and Then again, in fairness, the Tim, the Giants don't have a lot of danger areas right. on their schedule either. The Giants either. play the same team. You know what I'm so, saying? The I Giants play the same teams. He's right. I, I understand that, but it's the, as far as that call is other point about the uh, you know, first playoff round, first let's you know, make the playoffs, and if we get a home game, then it's, it's in our hands. Now I want to get to my original points. Sure. And the first one was, as you know, I was at the game in Jacksonville. What a friggin' amazing game. My estimate was it was over 40% Giants fans uh, in the entire Tim, stadium. I thought it was closer to and, 60, ooh. to be honest with you. I saw more well, blue than teal. I was, wow. I was on Good the job. Giants' side of the field, and the sections around me and our side were 75%, no doubt. But it, the other side, it was a little harder to tell just looking at the colors. Okay. So it could have been as high as you say, but uh, and, and we were certainly like three times as loud. So. Oh, for sure. 
<laughs> but uh, that and it was a great day, and it was, you know, it was uh, that sun was intense though. I mean, it wasn't hot, 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 but that sun wore me out. I could only drink three beers for the whole game. Um, <laughs> Just three beers, but, man, step it up. Yeah, well, they were they were they were sixteen ounce ones, but I had to throw in a oh, okay. bottle of water just so I could stand up. Um, Hope you drove home safe, Tim. <laughs> oh no, I wasn't drunk. I was just wiped out from the sun. Oh, oh I, got I mean, you. it was just I, I was just drained. But anyway, the other thing now to Seattle. What I'm looking at here is. Uh, because Seattle scares the hell out of me playing there because it's been a house of horrors for us. And, you know, you know from the past, it's been a house of horrors. And the way I look at it is I looked at today at the teams that give up the most rushing yards per game, and Seattle's right up there. All season long, last three games, close to 200 a game. So not only do we have to get 200 yards on the ground, we have to dominate on the ground. I think that's the route to victory in this game, dominate on the ground, no turnovers. Keep winning that turnover battle. And if we win this game, then, you know, I don't want to ever overlook any games in between, Houston, Detroit. But then maybe it's on to Dallas, and I'm, I'm making all my Thanksgiving plans around this game. I'm not going to be in anyone's house or my house. I'm going to be at my bar watching the fun. Ooh, <laughs> the bar on Thanksgiving. game. Sorry, I almost let it drop. <laughs> I appreciate the call, so, Thanks a lot, guys. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I think Tim does bring up one good point there, Jonathan. And I was going to get to this before we close the show. As much as we were raving about the Seahawks offense and how good is it, how good it is, their defense. Yeah, a little sus. Ooh, a little sus. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair. They give up big plays. They give up plays in the run game. They give up plays in the pass game. So the Giants there's should be able to get some points there, here. There's opportunities. They are very, they're very much opportunities. Just like every game that you go into, you know, you find out what they don't do well on offensive defense, and you try to exploit that. Yep. You know, but my main thing, you know, I'm always looking at the Giants and how the Giants can do better. You know, the Giants have to shore up that rushing defense. That is, I think, priority number one. If you can't stop guys rushing, especially when you get to the NFC East games, NFC East traditionally is always a physical type of. Uh, uh, conference and I uh, think division. that I think all four teams are playing to that stereotype this right. year too. To be yeah. honest with you, and even even you know uh, Philly and Jalen Hurts, yeah, he can throw the ball down the field. Yeah, they're but a like, running team. When you when you walk into somebody else's house, right, and you walking in, you can run the ball on them and you shut the crowd up. Oh my gosh, that's like an unreal feeling. Like that's what everybody wants to do. I don't care. What type of offensive coordinator you are? If you're airing it out type of guy, if you can run the ball down someone's throat, you will limit those pass plays. And JC's to be serious, I know we always talk about the quarterbacks, understandable, most important position on the field. 
this could be a battle of the backs this week yep. with Walker and Barkley. I mean, For when sure. I say those two guys might be the two most explosive running backs in football. Man, Walker looks good, man. I mean, I'm not joking. Like, yeah. And both, frankly, both run defenses have yeah. given up a lot of big plays. So they're like both are bottom three in terms of rushing plays over 20-plus yards given up. So a turnover in this game would be crucial. To yeah. Who wins this game? Mm-hmm. You know, it could be 2-1, and then whoever has two turnovers probably going to lose. Like, whoever turns the ball over this game, it's going to lose the game. That's how I feel like both teams have done a good job in protecting the football. Both teams. Uh, the Giants, man, Daniel Jones, his play this year, and of course last week with the 100 yards rushing, 200 yards passing, uh, NFC Player of the Week, kudos to him. Yeah, great you know, job, tip my, tip my hat off to him. But, man, his decision-making has gotten better every week. Uh, the Dallas game, you know, where I think the offensive line got abused that game. Since then, though, man, Dan- Daniel Jones, he's been looking good. He, he looks accurate a lot of times. His decision-making is, is very well. He's been running the ball very, very, very well. And I think he still has a bum ankle, but he looks good. He looks fast. Somebody came up to me the other day. It's like, man, Daniel Jones is fast. I'm like, yeah. yeah, bro, the dude. The dude can play. The dude got an arm. He can run the ball. And if he can get some targets to throw the ball to, that's what the Giants need. It's like, yeah, we yeah, we, we need him, but it's like we have the guys here. They just gotta play. We gotta go up top every now and again and, and stretch that defense so the corners are not sitting. Like with Slate so last safeties. week in the first quarter. Listen, man, that is the key to I think opening this offense up. We have the most capable running back in the NFL. Saquon, when you like, man, I I watch the games, right? I watch all the games, but then I watch different clips and I see them in slow motion and I see the way he cuts, no one can move like him. No. He's so explosive. Look at his lower body. It's so – but he's so quick, too, going laterally and then straight line speed. He's a rare breed. And, look, the reason the reason he's had success because of him. We have to do a better job. The Giants have to do a better job in giving him more – excuse me, less pressure from the defense, opening it up so he can have a little bit more space. He doesn't really have space now. Last week he had a run play where he got tackled in the backfield, but he's so good that the the, the safety didn't even touch him. Yeah, I know. That was the big 18-yard like run in the fourth quarter. For a four-yard loss yep. because the safety was through the line of scrimmage untouched, four yards deep, and he hit this juke that maybe only one other, two other running backs can make in this league, and he got he got a lot of yards. Bro, you don't see stuff like that happening. No, it's crazy. You know, and 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 – Gotta like that shouldn't be happening. He shouldn't be juking in the backfield before he actually gets to the line of scrimmage. So I guess my question for you then, Jonathan, how do you think the loss of these two offensive linemen now, Evan Neal and Ben Bredesen, are both going to be out for week to week? We'll see how long. But how do you think that's going to impact not just that the pass pro, but the run game? I think look, this coaching staff, you know, they they look at what they have, and they look at what happened and they trans what transpired the week prior. And they make adjustments. So I, I want to say, you know, with any other coaching staff, I'd be like, well, the Giants are going to be not as efficient running the ball, not as effective. But with this coaching staff, it's like, what are they going to drop this week now? Right. If they have these guys out, you know? And I don't know, man. Like, every week the Giants surprise me, you know? And going down last week, finishing the way they finished, I believed that they were going to finish the game. 
Like, I believe that the Giants were, like, going to finish this game. It's time for the defense to make a stop. And although it came to the last seconds of the game, I had the belief. And honestly, I didn't really have that belief in games prior. But that's the type of squad they have. They make you believe because they believe. Dayball believes, they believe. And look, man, they're making the whole tri-state area believe in them. Other guys are still questioning it. But look, this is a legit team. Daniel Jones, he may not be the franchise quarterback, but he's a good quarterback, and he's good enough to win you six games in the first seven of the season. And I'll take that every day of the week. All right, let's go to Vinny in Florida. He wants to add more on the coaching staff that JC was just talking about. What's up, Vin? Hey, Smelky. Before I do, I got to say, you're also a current newscast because I didn't see before Galladay got traded. KT got traded, huh? Yes, sir. We announced it at the start of the show. There's reports that he got traded for a third-round pick and a sixth-round pick this year. That's correct. Total mixed feelings about that. I loved how he played in the Cowboys and the day the week after until he got hurt, but he can't stay healthy. And the amount of injuries and the numbers of different places, I just don't think he's ever going to play even 10 games in a year. But I wanted to say, as it relates to um, Dable, they're talking about coach of the year. I think it's a little early. I think he's got some competition. I think the Jets that are going to have to see how he does. Sure. Salava and and Pete Carroll of the Seahawks. Sure. Because that, but I think if we get to eleven wins, I think Davis is going to get it. Well, I think another guy too, maybe Mike McDaniel with the Dolphins, depending how they finish their year. I think he'd probably be in that conversation too. Yeah. Well, I thought they were going to be viewed as a good team this year. And, you know, when they went 3-0 and and beat the Bills, they were actually the first-ranked team in the lead. So I don't know how much of a surprise, but that's a good call. It depends on if Tua gets hurt again. But I also wanted to mention, I think Joe Shane should get consideration for general manager of the year. Why? Why? 12 yeah. draft picks, right? Did he have 12 or 10 draft picks this year? I don't know the number off the top of my head. Every one of them... Either That's plays not true or at hurts. all. It is either plays or hurts. Is hurt. Well, yeah, I mean, or hurt. Yeah, there, there, there's three guys that have barely played a snap this year. Basically, got hurt in the preseason. Yeah, yeah, and, but I'm saying that they're out for the season. But they were getting playing time. Even Davidson was getting playing time before he got hurt. Uh, and the other thing is, I think he's saying real disciplined. As much as I would love to have a Super Bowl this year, I kind of. Bailed out when I found out the Vegas odds of ten thousand to one only pay out one hundred to one. So my dream of betting two hundred dollars and winning two million dollars, you know, went went beyond. You know, is now two hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> I don't think it was worth the two hundred dollars with that. But I'm saying that because you guys have said multiple times, "Hey, we've got a budget next year," and I think they should just hold off on adding budget this year. And and stay with the process. That's a good point. Um, they're only they're only going to build. I don't want to hurt them. Next year they got Dan, Daniel Jones and Saquon, and the year after, if Lawrence keeps developing, he's going to be expensive. And, and I don't Zav- want to lose him. And Xavier McKinney and Julian Love this year. So the and Leonard yeah. Williams next year and a Dory Jackson next. Year. It's it's a long list. So you're 100 percent right there. Yeah. I, I agree. I think Shane did a really good job this year in terms of. 
you know, bringing guys in off the street, quite frankly, that have come in and helped this team. But, yeah, you know, yep. he just had very little resources to actually do his job right. in, in, the, in the, the spring because mm-hmm. he had no money. So I think it's very hard to, to name a guy, you know, GM of the year when he really couldn't do anything in free agency just because of the budget he inherited. So that's why I, I kind of asked you the why part of that question. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just thinking from a results period, and let's face it, uh, the NFL Network and team did not expect the Giants to do stuff in the beginning of the year. I think it's a total overachievement. And even before the first game of the season, everyone's saying, well, the Giants, they might not be good this year, but they're headed in the right direction. And they're headed in the right direction because of uh, Shane. You know, it's easy to put down Gettleman. It's easy to praise him. But uh, looking back on last year, Micah Parsons was the guy to pick and not KT. Um you know, we could have we could have had Evan Neal. We wouldn't need Thibodeau this year. Now that's I know that's Monday morning quarterback, but um, from what I understand, Tony did get injured a bunch in his college days. And if that's true, you, you got to be aware of that. No, no, he was, and I think that was also a thanks for the call, Ben. I think that was also a head coach driven. Yeah, pick too. That's 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 tough. Look, you know, when you look at it, right? If you can go out on a budget and get all your groceries, right? and you can feed your family with your groceries on a budget, you did a good job. Correct. You did a really good job. And then on top of that, you throw the chef in there, which is Dayball, and he can make you, you know, some really good food, you know, with this limited groceries. Man, look, that's a great combination. And again, this is not me taking anything away from Joe Shane, but I think if you look at the successes here, it probably has more to do with the coaches yes, than it has to do with the with Dayball. And I think you see that by the play on the field by guys that you may not even know the names of. When you look at the Giants roster, like, you got to – Who's this? Seals? Who's Richie? You know what I mean? Like, and these guys are making plays. Maybe not consistently, but you know they. I don't. I'm not. Look, I don't want to take anything from one of these players because at the end of the day, when you make it into the NFL, you're one of the best players in the world. That's just the truth. Whatever. But there's levels, right? There's levels to this, right? And there's a reason why everybody wants to have Odell back because Odell was once the best receiver in the league, if not top two or three. Right, he's not the same guy anymore. But there are levels. Giants don't have anybody like that on the roster right now. Sterling Shepard, he was possibly, but with his injury history and it showed up again this year, that he's off the table. But that's what happens. You gotta go with what you have, with what you have. And right now, stop looking outside. All you callers, stop looking outside of the organization. You have to do with what you got. There's nobody else coming to save you. Maybe, but don't look forward to that, right? Like, you know, my financial advisor always says, don't worry about money that's coming. Worry about the money you got because that's not, you can't count on that. Right. You can't count on none of that, you know? Let's not count on somebody coming to save the Giants. We have the guys in the locker room to do what they need to do to get the job done. These are the guys that got the Giants to 6-1. and one. There's nobody else out there that's going to make the team better right now than these guys playing at a higher level because when you bring somebody else in they got to learn they got to learn didn't we have that problem early in the season about guys not knowing stuff yeah you got to learn stuff so let's stop looking outside look if they bring in an Odell and Odell has success here I'm all for it they bring in somebody else they have success I'm all for it but let's look at what the Giants have and the Giants have been making ratatouille from you know (laughs) nasty stuff (laughs) you know not so much good stuff you know they've been doing a good job and I think you got to give the credit where credit is due number one Dayball Kafka Wink Martindale 
every single player on this roster. All the position coaches, too. Every mm-hmm. single player on this roster. Every single one. Even the guys that drop passes, right? And let's talk about that for one second. I was watching the, the, the game, and everybody was like, oh, he's dropping passes. Look, the ball could be thrown a little bit better. A little bit better at times. Some passes are dropped, but they're hit out the receiver's hands. If it was a little bit lower or a little bit higher or a little bit more to where the receiver was going, it's not all about the receiver. Now, right? I will say the the slant to Johnson was pretty perfect. Yes, placed. but listen, listen yes, I'm but not there talking are other, about every single there play. There are other throws some, that you're right? correct on, yes. I'm just saying, look, it's and I, and, I, and I always think like this, right? Your quarterback has to do a good job in getting you the ball and ball placement. Accuracy is one thing. Ball placement is a whole other thing. They have to give you the ball with the best opportunity to succeed. But when that ball leaves the quarterback hands, it is fully on the receiver to catch that ball. You got it. So that's my argument with that. Don't keep blaming the receivers all the time. It's not all about them. The quarterback has to do a great job in putting the ball where he can catch it. And then when it's out of his hands, then it's the receiver's job to go make that ball. And a couple weeks ago, that the deep ball that uh that was attempted to Slayton and he didn't go for it. Look, that was a good throw. He just didn't compete for it. We can't the Giants cannot have that happen. Right. Giants cannot have that happen. And these receivers, Slayton, I think he's a good talent. I think he can play. Uh I think he had success here. I think he will have success here, but plays like that cannot happen. Guys have to show up on a consistent basis, going after balls like that and not letting them wow. drop in front of them. And Jonathan, even or get on, picked off, even on his deep catch against Jacksonville, he caught that thing like three times on the way to He did. He did. He did. Well, but let, let, maybe it was just he, he ain't used to catching them. It's been a long time. Uh, let's go to Mark <laughs> in Chicago. He's up next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hi, Mark. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks, John and Jonathan, for taking the call. Hey, John, I haven't spoken to you in quite some time. I wanted to congratulate you on the birth of your son. Oh, thank you. Um, was he three, four, five months? Uh, he so is actually, he's actually going to be six months and three days, believe it or not. It goes oh, wow. fast. Yeah. All right. Well, so based on your favorite sports, sports, what do you have? A point guard, a nose tackle? You know, what's uh, the prognosis here? Can't tell yet. <laughs> That's funny. I don't know quite how big the kid's going to be. I don't think the wife's going to let him play tackle football, to be quite honest with you. So probably a basketball player, yeah. All right, well, congratulations again. Yeah, I didn't think expect to be uh, talking about Tony. I think one of the things that maybe irked uh, the brass um, is that here they come in, we have a new regime, your number one draft pick, you want him to be one of the faces of the franchise, and he doesn't show up for OTAs initially. And I know they're voluntary, but I think that really maybe irked them a little bit. Now, remember, he, about, any... about like a week or so in, he did eventually show up. But he, but, but yeah, he did, but he did miss the first couple sessions. Right. And getting back to the previous caller, he was, he was saying how well he played against Dallas. If I'm not mistaken, didn't he get thrown out of that game? The, he, he did some sort of personal foul and got ejected? The, one, the, the game last year? Yeah, against Dallas. Did he, Pearson? I don't remember that. What did he do in that game? I don't recall that. I think he grabbed someone's face mask and tried to kind of threw him, threw him to the ground. Okay. Did he, I think, yeah. did he throw punches? Was that the game? Because I know I've seen him throw punches one time. That might have been the game. Yeah. Honestly, for some reason, I'm not remembering that. But, My Mark, yeah. trust me. Right. Don't ask oh, me about anyway. yesterday. I don't even know. <laughs> All, right. All right. So, I'm going to play a little game with you. Okay. You know, like real games. quickly. I'm going to give you a string of numbers. Six, two, three. Four, four, one, one, 
212. What do you think that represents? The number of points the Giants games have been decided by this year? No, the number of wins that we've had before Halloween in the last 10 years since our last Super Bowl. Oh, wow. So wow. they always say you want to be like in contention by you know Thanksgiving. Seven of the last 10 years we've been, and I'm forgetting the NFL lease year, seven of the last 10 years we've been eliminated from playoffs by Halloween. Man. So I'm really excited about this team. Are we going to win a Super Bowl? No. Are we, I'm hoping for a playoff game, preferably at MetLife. We'll see. But, you know, as many of our wins, you know, we're as close to losses as we are to wins. So, but in any case, we have something to talk about and be excited about. Thank you, Mark. Good to hear from you, pal. We haven't talked to Mark. In There's this uh, meme going around on the Internet, and it's like, a win's a win. A win's a win. Bro, it don't matter how win you win, win, how much you win by. Absolutely. All that matters is if you win. Right, that was a good little game that he played. Yeah, I like that. I was thinking, like, is that the number of targets? Like, I'm sitting there trying to figure out what he was. But man, he brought up a good point. The Giants are playing really good football early in the season, right? But the thing is, this schedule is kind of backloaded, especially given the teams that are good this year. It's backloaded, right? So, that, look, I hope the Giants have success for the rest of the year. But look, man, the the schedule is coming up. It's coming up. Seattle's a damn good team. This is a good team that they're going to go on the road. It's like a five-and-a-half-hour flight over there. It's almost like going to London, going to Seattle. Almost Seattle's worse. Seattle's far, yeah, bro. It's, it's far so away. far. And then on the way back, you lose all of those hours. So you come back, it's like Tuesday. Luckily, you play on Sunday, you come back, it's like Tuesday. L- luckily, it's a bye week <laughs> the next week. Right, so okay, that'll, right, that'll right, help. Right. That'll help. That, that will help tremendously. But look, go to the bye week 7-1. and one. Yeah. That sounds really, really, really good. Yeah. You know, get some rest. You got a lot of guys that's injured. You know, who's not coming back? Billinger? Who else? Is, uh, Galladay, else yeah. Pretty Nami. much has a chance to come back, right. though, right? Oh, no, 100%, yeah. All of them do. And I don't even right. know how long Bellinger is going to be out, to be honest. Uh, he has to get surgery on his face. I know, yeah, I know. Face surgery. Man, that it, was so that, bad. Not, yeah, it's really. How what bad luck, man. Oh, man. Really that's why I wore a visor my whole career. Oh, really? Oh, man. My whole career. My whole career I wore a visor. Did, Only did, rain games. Did you ever have like a have a close call, which is why you decided to start wearing it? Nah, no? I just thought it was cool. My favorite. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. All right. Hey, Giants fans, don't hate me, okay? I'm a Jersey guy, but I love Brian Dawkins and the Philadelphia Eagles. Like I did when I was a kid. And I literally and he always wore the, wore the, the visor, visor because of yeah. Brian Dawkins, you know? And look. I watched the game. I was over at, uh, at WFAN in New York with, with Lance Meadow. And when it happened, and the, the announcers kept saying, oh, he got poked in the eye. I said, bro, he didn't get poked in the eye. He got bro. punched in the face. He got punched in the face <laughs> very hard. Right. And then you could see when he went down, the mouthpiece came out right away. And he got taken off on a stretcher. Who has an injury above their waist that gets taken yeah, off on a stretcher? It's like no a bo- one. It's like a boxing. Right. Deal, unless right? you have, yeah. you know, some type of neck injury or something like yeah, that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that that was bad. And then he was bleeding. I thought he was, I thought he lost his eye. Bro. I know. So did like, I. I was, I like, was really worried so about So nervous. Yeah, like, me too. Look, I played ball, you know, I played in the league for nine years, right? I was an injury guy. I was always in the training room. Always, right? I, I didn't want to say that when I was playing. But when <laughs> I look back at it now, it's like, bro, you always were hurt, bro. Like, don't even... Casillas, and, questionable. Casillas, oh, questionable. <laughs> questionable. You know, so it takes, a, you know, you got to be tough. But at the same time, it's like on some real, like, guys be having, like, 
you know, trajected careers because they're really talented. They really work hard, and then they get an injury, and they can't come back from it. Yeah, and they can't come back from it. And that my thing that hurts so bad when I see somebody get hurt. Mm -hmm. Like every time I see somebody go down, I'm like, oh man, it's not good. Even if it's like an ankle roll, I'm like, man, it's not good. Spraining your ankle in the middle of the season is what the one of the worst injuries you can have because you're not really out. Like you'll come back, like even like I'm saying, little you're stuff. You never like out, but that. you're also never 100. percent That's what I'm saying. Right. Like little mm-hmm. stuff, like an ankle injury, like uh, um, uh, Thibodeau, Thibodeau with the MCL, hurting his knee. Right? And yeah. I'm like, man, that sucks because man, he's explosive, you know, fast, and, and he's never probably going to be right now until right, more, the right the until year, the rest right? of the year, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like, man, it, it sucks so bad because it's like the reason I retired, Schmelt, because I couldn't play my best football. Like I was good here in the Giants. But then, like, my last year, man, my wrist was hurting. My neck was hurting. I couldn't get off blocks. And I'm just, like, looking at myself on film, like, embarrassed. Like, who is that dude? Uh-huh. Like, I didn't even look the same. You know, and, and that's that's not even my lower body injuries. That was just the upper body injury. So by the time I retired, I was beat to, I was beat to crap, you know. So for me, I always have a special place in my heart. Like, when somebody gets hurt, I'm always concerned. Hey, man, how's he doing? How's your knee doing? I saw Nick Gates out uh, two weeks ago. I saw him out. How are you doing, bro? I'm good. I said, bro, don't BS me, man. Don't give me no media answer. Seriously, how are you doing, bro? He said, I'm good. I'm good. My, my leg's good. He showed me some pictures. Oh, man, it was bad. Whoa. Nick Gates <laughs> went through some stuff. No, he did. Yeah, yeah. And that is a guy that, you know, luckily he's on the roster. Hopefully he's something of what he was before. He had one of the most gruesome injuries I've ever seen an offensive lineman take. But look, I, for me, it was like peace of mind. How are you doing, bro? Are you okay? You know, your body's okay. Your mental's okay. Because that's what I'm concerned about most because once you are not the same person you are, now that's a mental thing now. It's like, how are you? Are you the same person you are? Not physically you're not the same person? And are you going to, can you stay the same? Are you going to go through depression? Like, there's a lot of stuff that happens when something happens physically. When you rely on your physical abilities to make money and make a career, make a name for yourself, man, it hurts when you go down with an injury, bro. It does. Yeah, it really does. All right, everybody, thanks for being with us on this episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live on Giants.com and the mobile app. Giant fans, don't miss out Giants on Giants football at MetLife Stadium. Limited tickets are available for all remaining home games, including a matchup with the Eagles. Visit Giants.com slash tickets to find your game this season and secure your seat. Tomorrow it'll be Lance and Paul. We did a little bit of a Seahawks thing today, but it was a lot of Kadaria. So tomorrow, yeah. Lance and Paul will give you the full rundown and the only way Lance Menham knows how to do it for <laughs> Giants and Seahawks out in Seattle. And then I'll be on that plane going out there to Seattle on Saturday. Whoop-de-doo. I got a lot of downloaded movies on my iPad. Uh, nice. Let me tell Safe you. Travel, roll. Thank you, JC. Appreciate it. We'll talk on Sunday. We'll have our pregame show. Everybody have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.